Welcome to Tin Pod Radio. I was just a brittle stone Buried in the earth alone So how are you doing? Uh, it's been a really, 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 really long week at the end of two years worth of long weeks. Like, I worked a lot of restaurant jobs. I did them every summer when I was in college but the first time i was in college uh, and i did everything from dishwashing to prep cooks and big restaurants small fast food everything and it's always gave me a certain perspective and i also have one of my degrees is in supply chain management actually and so with with more of a modern take especially with the world we we're in right now it's really made me start to look at even more than i've ever in my life look at stuff like buying locally buying seasonally especially seasonally that's become a really interesting topic topic i've delved into more with reading lately and stuff so cooking's always been a big part of my life and like a couple years ago i actually did some training a job sent me to to a cooking school in kansas city and that opened my eyes up even more about the subject of food and the availability of food and who actually controls the availability of food that that's another thing i've been opened up to in my life i think i i arrived at a similar place to you but from a slightly different direction because i i know i babble about it on twitter too much but i grew up in way 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 upstate new york like smashed right up against the border with quebec and like by the time i was born my grandparents on my dad's side were like pretty solidly middle class for up there my grandfather was a prison guard at a maximum security prison in the town danamora and but my grandparents had survived the great depression and that never left them and it's a very harsh climate up there too you really only have like a three-month growing season so and then my parents were hippies so they didn't have any money they just made everything and built everything and grew a lot of stuff and you know we would can tomatoes and do all that kind of things to have our own food supplies and it just it's part of the culture up there I'm not sure if it still is, but when I was growing up, it definitely was, where just everyone had a rhubarb patch. Everyone would go out in the woods and pick blackberries. Everyone, a lot of people had, like, apple trees. Everyone grew, like, even people who didn't need to have a garden because they could just afford to go buy things, even most of them would still grow their own green beans or something, you know? And it was just this attitude that's like, well, yeah, of course, you provide for yourself. You know, it's a thing you do because you never know when the government's going to fail you because there's a lot of that up there, too. And when the pandemic hit, my dad and I both went straight into upstate New York survival mode, which is in retrospect ridiculous because we're in a part of California that's a major breadbasket and is more stable than the Central Valley. You know what I mean? Like the Fresno area has really unstable agriculture because of the way the water works, but I feel like Sacramento, it's a little more stable. The year round growing season. But me and my dad instantly were like, pandemic? Oh man okay time to really turn up the heat on the garden and everything and my dad like they make my stepmother makes plenty of money they're very very comfortable they own their own home and my dad is still like i'm making he grows like i think he probably supplies like 75 percent of the food they eat just from the backyard like they dry their own raisins they can their own tomatoes to have stuff all year long they can peaches like he has a prune plum so he makes prunes i mean just they produce a huge amount of stuff that they use in their own household and 
I kind of started calming down a little bit. And then that ice storm hit Texas. And I saw how that disruption in the supply chain, just all those people having empty store shelves, like you can't go buy food because there isn't a food because the trucks couldn't get through. Yeah. And I really started thinking about how fragile a lot of people's access to food is these days, even people who are like comfortable in a nice suburb in an expensive house, because most people don't produce any of their own calories, you know? Yeah. And yeah. I kind of started getting obsessed with that. Like, what are ways that people can produce their own food? Like you said, like shopping locally, shopping seasonally. And I was like, well, yeah, not everyone has a lot of space or money. So what are ways that people can produce their own calories depending on a whole bunch of different restrictions? Yeah, that was like when the pandemic first started. I remember talking to one of my bosses. Moment anybody did any kind of lockdown anywhere, like where I'm at, they basically didn't do anything basically uh, at any point. But the moment I started seeing, I remember going to my boss and saying like, you need to you're gonna have problems getting fresh ingredients and i remember them saying like no there won't be any problems i'm like yeah there will be problems <laughs> like just knowing from supply chain management how how like you said fragile the system is and like i remember when it first started happening until to this day right now we have problems getting fresh stuff and yeah, because the, because they will send it to bigger restaurants of course the fresher stuff and we've been having a problem with them freezing stuff they don't normally freeze i remember talking to you about an issue with some cucumbers one time yeah yeah because you're not all i know about cucumbers is that if you freeze them they get really gross yeah they do and i and i'd never seen that before like it created like a water ring i think it was or something around yeah you posted a picture on twitter i think because you weren't sure if they were still edible was that it? Yeah. yeah. And it was just weird. And I've been seeing that more and more stuff's coming in. Like our bananas are coming in. And I can tell they've been frozen before. They're coming in. And I think they're doing that with a lot of stuff. And I, I, I've i had to switch some stuff from fresh ingredients to canned ingredients. But I'm even starting to see a little bit of difference between some canned ingredients from where it used to be to now. Wow. So, like... I had to discuss with my boss at the job. I was like, we need to readjust things. And I still don't think they think, they think because they see it in a grocery store most of the time. And I'm like, well, that's different though. Also because grocery stores tend to, to spray certain stuff like apples with stuff that we don't, we get them fresh most of the time. And we can't even have stuff a week now. Like I get strawberries on a Friday and they're dead before Tuesday. Yeah, and I mean, strawberries don't keep great to begin yeah. with. So if they're already kind of marginal, they go quick when they go. And and that's also like when, like with the pandemic hitting, like we, we personally have tried to grow little gardens for a long time, like balcony gardens, just for like herbs and stuff like that, because it yeah. can be really expensive. And at my job, I've been talking to my boss lately about like, okay, I work at a private school, so we have more funding than most schools. We cook more actual meals than like public schools, which is a shame that we make more, better meals, but we got more money, of course. So yeah. I, we have a lot of waste left over. 
so I I've been talking to him about maybe starting to can some stuff or or I'm I'm looking up recipes all the time. Like the other day, I was looking up tons of recipes for what can I do with leftover oranges. Most of them were about using them for cleaning, <laughs> but I, I was just looking up stuff like that and I, yeah, like I just. Like, could you use them to make marmalade? Could you use them in some other form that stores them? That makes total sense. Yeah, and I think, like, a lot of people are going to have to start looking at that. And it's not, like you said, it's it's not even, like, a panic thing. It's, like, we need to take a relook at how we look at buying food. Like, we should be buying seasonally. Like, even when before, like, pandemic and stuff, we would get weird-shaped, like, strawberries because they would be out of season. Or we would get, like really like you know really tiny ones yeah and and and, and that's type of stuff like our menus tend to be like we have two different sets of menus every year i mean every season and like i've told people i was like we really need to do seasonal menus because it needs to go back to that even in like restaurants they need to go back to that not having one menu all the time because like you're not going to get to fresh ingredients and i don't think it's ever going to be completely cleared up because I think that system has been like screwed. And I yeah. think, and and like when people talk about restaurants being like a lot of people got tired of how they were treated when it started. I think a lot of people when it come to working and growing jobs were also like, you're going to make me work during this. Yeah, I mean, I know they don't treat farm workers well at all. No. For the majority of the country, you know, it's like they're underpaid. It's a ton of really hard backbreaking labor yeah and, and even even like a small garden like we have that's a lot of work to keep up with it yeah that's why a lot of what i've been experimenting with just on my own house is stuff that you can just kind of set and forget like i have not been shutting up to all my friends about fava beans like, Man, <laughs> you just jam them in the ground and you walk away and you forget about them and then if you decide like I, there's a I went out and picked, like, I was pulling up ones that had already finished, you know, the plants were all dried up and dead, and I yanked one really hard, and this big, like, foot-long taproot came out. So I went and looked it up, and they were like, oh yeah, you know, they're great for breaking up clay soils because they sink that deep taproot, they're nitrogen fixers, the whole plant's edible, blah, 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 like, all these great benefits. But the thing I liked about them the most was they were really easy. Like, I've tried so hard to grow tomatoes, and I have a black thumb for them. They always die or don't do well. And with the fava beans, I just had the right conditions to really get them to take off. So I've been, like, researching stuff like that that, because, I don't know, I, I've just started reading about a lot of stuff, but I think maybe people used to incorporate a lot more foraged seasonal stuff into their diets than we do these days, too. Yeah, I do believe that. Like, where I'm from is a small town in Virginia, a small coal mining town. And everybody had little gardens. Yeah. And and they were usually a lot, what a lot of people did was, like, a lot of people would grow this or that, and they would exchange with each other. That sounds really similar to yeah. the way I grew up, where it's like, yeah, if you have someone who's got too many zucchinis, it's fine. You share with someone else who's got too much of something else. Or, yeah, you do a lot of... I think that's what scares a lot of people off of the idea of having their own garden is they think they have to supply everything all by themselves right off the bat. It's too overwhelming. Yeah, and I think, yeah, I agree with you. Like, uh, I think people miss, think they have to go self-sufficient totally off the grid or nothing. Yeah, when the reality is it's like just do a couple things and incorporate them. 
and then do a couple more things if you want incorporate that and then maybe trade with someone else who's doing it's like i feel like we have to get out of that individualist mindset where it's like no you are okay but depend on your community for certain things sometimes like this yeah you don't have to be doing everything all on your own We hope you enjoyed this Tin Universe production. The voice of Tin Universe is Stacey Taylor. For ebooks, webcomics, short films, and more, head over to tinuniverse.blogspot.com.